Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Are we back? Are we back right now? I guess we are back. Well, <laughs> live. Did you? Uh, you know what? Did you? Uh, did you hear the end of that conversation? I hope not. <laughs> no, you're good. <laughs> We're good. <laughs> Just a lot of music. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, I was taking a couple calls at the other line during the break. Um, Wow. All right. Well, let's get right to it. This is Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. And every Tuesday, we are privileged? Uh, well, some would say so. Uh, he's certainly a guest that draws a lot of opinion. We don't agree on everything. Um, we do agree on several things. And uh, we're joined at this time by Sportsnet's Mark Spector for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta Live Thoroughbred Racing. Back at Century Mile, uh, uh, Friday and Sunday evening. Back to full fan access, but you can always watch and wager online at hbibet.com. Post time is at 6.15 p.m. So, we bring aboard from Sportsnet. Sportsnet's back, Mark Spector. Hey, Spec, how you doing? Oh, pretty fair. Bobby, lots going on this week, huh? Yeah, uh, look, let's, let's get to the biggest story in hockey yesterday, a story that sort of... Uh, you know, blended personal and human interest story with, and and on this show I tend to focus a lot on the guts of the game. Uh, that's kind of what we do. It's it's lent itself at times to some difficult times because the Oilers have gone through some difficult times and rightfully some exasperation and frustration. But yesterday we had a a really interesting human interest story. That is a big deal that hopefully one day isn't that big of a deal. And some courage that was shown from Luke Prokop becoming the first openly gay uh, NHL uh, signed uh, prospect out there uh, to come out as gay. Uh, Spec, uh, you know, Luke did a massive amount of media. I've, I've heard through the grapevine that some of the most famous um, uh, famous people in, uh, let's just say, the rock industry and uh, the entertainment industry have reached out to Luke since uh, some of his appearances yesterday so, uh, for showing their support, so that's a terrific thing. Uh, give me your take on what we saw transpire yesterday of Luke Prokop. Well, you know what? We've waited a long time uh, for someone like Luke to sort of take on the mantle, right? You know, so I joined the chorus, like... Those of us in the media who watch these things unfold, you know, I, I think I have a, a bit of an appreciation for what a young man has taken on here, right? This isn't, there's the personal aspect. It's, you know, I'm sure it's very 
it's a, it's a difficult thing to do. It's a huge leap to take to come out publicly like that. But with it comes now, you know, a, a ton of responsibility, a million interviews, uh, uh, the telling the same story over and over and over with each town he goes to. Uh, online haters, they exist and they'll be there waiting for Luke. Uh, you know, uh, appearances, uh, the pressure to be a good player, right? People, he's already being called the first NHL player who came out. And you know what? Luke's a nice prospect, and I'll bet you he plays. But now there will be a little more pressure on that whole process for him. And I'm sure he was made aware of all of it and took it on just the same. So he's brave, <laughs> and he's he's taken on a big share here. Uh, and I applaud him for it. From the hockey perspective, Speck, and you may have talked about this before, um, Nashville wasn't the only team that was interested in Luke as a player. 100% mark, I believe, Edmonton was going to take Luke Prokop in the third round of last year's draft, and the Preds got him four picks before, and subsequent to that, Edmonton made a deal with San Jose and, and traded down into the fourth round and got themselves an extra draft choice. So it, it was a pretty interesting situation. Six foot five, right shot defenseman that can skate. I saw him play in person twice this year. Thought he was kind of quiet in those games. But ironically, his brother, Josh, who was the captain for Calgary, I thought he was the best player on the ice for Calgary in both those games. And Calgary had a big, tough team. And the Oil Kings had a skilled team. So it was kind of an interesting matchup. And I just got the sense that maybe there was some weight lifted off of Luke's shoulders. And I wonder how he might be a different player this year as a result of him coming forward. You know what I mean? Well, listen, I look back. I wrote a piece... I had forgotten when. It was 1998. And I'm going to read you one line from the piece because I found it in my computer here. And at the top of the piece I wrote, will a gay man ever come out of the closet as former Canadian gold medal winning swimmer Mark Tewksbury did this week? Yeah. And then I quoted a guy. He said, I don't think it'll ever happen, a veteran NHL player told me. And I remember doing that story. In 1998, we were at that time saying – Listen, there are 700 men in the NHL. Some number of them are gay men. And the same thing stands true today. But we've literally waited. It's been a topic of conversation for, I mean, that was 22 years ago, Bob, that I wrote that piece, 23 years ago. And, you know, there's been a lot of guys who have looked at the opportunity and the responsibility and, and the, you know, this the sort of challenge that Luke Prokop has taken on. They've looked at it and they said, you know what, I don't want it. I don't want to do that. I'm going to live it out. I'm going to play it out in the closet in anonymity. I don't need to share that. I'm not saying I'm not criticizing them. But what I'm doing is I'm praising Luke Prokop for doing something that we don't know how long the lineup of, of predecessors is, probably, you know, that have, that have looked at this opportunity and not taken it. But Luke Prokop looked it in the eye and he took it on. And, and again, like, I think he, he's, a, he's a brave young guy with a big set of shoulders. And, and uh, you know what? It looks like a real nice player, too. And it's, I think it's going to be a real cool story to follow Bob. And I'm proud to say he's an eminent guy. I think that's awesome. Yeah, you know, I have a thing, Speck, about taking defense second or third round because I think I think the expectation on first round defense 
is different than if you got you know more of an opportunity to grow a player out. And Nashville has a history of developing some defensemen. This yeah. uh, you know Luke's going to be in the WHL this year, and then he's you know he's going to be in Milwaukee uh, for for a couple of years, uh, likely as he, he tries to continue to improve as a player. So that end of it's going to be interesting. Um, I know we had Alan May on yesterday, and Al's an old school guy. And Al's made some tough comments politically. If you were uh, an unabashed uh, supporter, as an example of Justin Trudeau, you might not always be an Al May fan. Okay? Uh, if you only think one way on every issue, you might not be an Al May fan. And, and Al fulfilled a very distinct uh, role in a time in which that role existed in the National Hockey League. He was an enforcer. And he was a guy that uh, sometimes stirred it, but most of the times his job was to clean up the mess. And, you know, we had an interesting conversation about what was acceptable to be said on the ice in 1990 is completely different than today. And he basically inferred if somebody were to make a comment, uh, he does, I mean, his inference was he doesn't think anybody's going to say anything because they might be fighting the whole team. If, yeah. if if a guy makes a con and, and I, I gotta agree, like Mark, I don't think there was like when we were watching those junior games, Cam and myself, there was only one team that was really beacon loud. And that was Lethbridge. Their coach wasn't in control, his team wasn't in control, and they were getting pounded by the Oil Kings. And we're so close in the downtown community arena, you could hear everything. And that was, like, a lot of the other games were, I mean, yeah, guys, woo, big hit and stuff like that, but none of the chirping and the beaking. Go back to the Brian Trottier video uh, involving yeah. Brian Bellows. And, and you know, to, like, I've talked to Brian Trottier about it. You know, if you're 50-something, you're looking, well, that's just the way it was back then. But today, people would be in shock that, you know, and, and some people would say it's funny and other people would say, well, that's, but I, I, I'm going to tell you on this one, I, I don't see I don't see my my hope is based on the way societies move mark I don't think that Luke's going to be putting up with that sort of crap uh, out there on the ice I just I cannot I, I think this generation of players is way more sensitive and rightfully so uh, more open-minded and and frankly a bunch of them don't even care they don't even care uh, that Luke is who he is. They're completely fine and, and would accept that. And I think that's the way most people are. But I just, the thing on the ice, the on ice dyna- dynamic to me is going to be a little bit intriguing to watch. Yeah, I think that hockey is, is at a place now where they'll wrap their arms around this guy and, and, and cushion him from the kind of things you're talking about. I think that if a, a player on a team were to throw in a homophobic slur on the ice, that his leadership group would take him aside on 32 teams in the league and say, no, 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 we're, this isn't what we do here. This isn't what we're about here. There was a time when there was all kinds of racial innuendo yep. out in the ice all the time. You know, talk to any Native player, talk to any, you know, African-American player. Uh, I mean, it was just a thing they put up with. And, and I'm going to say to you that those days are gone. And you know what, Bob? The, the I think more so now where we're at is it's little things. It's words that are considered acceptable or have been considered acceptable that need to change, you know? I mean, we, uh, I, I'm 
I'm just going to say something here. You and I grew up as kids. If something we didn't like, we'd say, that's kind of gay. No one says that now because it's the wrong thing to say. We've learned that. Right? We've said maybe we did that in the 80s, and that's fine. We've learned that it's wrong, and we don't do it anymore. But there's a couple of words out there that still get used in hockey dressing rooms that people don't mean in a homophobic way. You know, I'm not going to say them on the air, but people don't express those words in a homophobic manner. But they're accepted by a gay man in a homophobic way, and that's what needs to change. I don't think someone's going to walk up to Luke Prokop and and issue a homophobic slur to his face. I don't think they'll do that, Bob. Right. But I think where we're at in hockey is now we need to keep going and we need to keep changing. And there's you know there's a word that Ryan Getzlaff got caught saying on an ambient yep. microphone in a playoff series that I can guarantee you he didn't use that word in a homophobic vein. But it is that, and we've accepted it as that. And to me, it's those subtle things now that will begin to change even more. And you know what? It's probably some of that's going to have Luke's fingerprints all over it, and good for him. Do you remember when George Carlin used to do a skit on the seven words that you can't say on TV? Yeah. We're down about one. There's yeah, about, right. There's one word you can say that isn't necessarily focused on a specific group. <laughs> Hey, listen, we grew up in school, right? And my teacher used to say to me, kids, come sit down Indian style to cross your legs. We don't say that anymore because it's wrong. And and I I, I only use it by way of example. Farmers used to call canola rapeseed, Bob, right? It was rapeseed when we grew up. Now it's canola because we've learned. Rapeseed's a bad, it's not a nice word. Let's not use it anymore. Let's change. So we've changed continually in our culture. As, as a guy that deals with the English word every day as my line of work, we've watched it change. There's no reason to stop now. It can still continue to change. We don't, we're don't. we not stuck. Yeah. Right? We can change all these things, Bob. Yeah, absolutely. Well, anyhow, that, it was certainly the number one story yesterday. Mark, uh, when we come back, we're going to talk a bit about where we're at here with Adam Larson. Does it provide a mechanism of a window for another Oilers potential unrestricted free agent? Uh, and uh, if the Oilers don't get Larson, who do they look to to potentially replace him uh, that's out on the market right now? Bob Stoffer, Mark Spector with you. Sportsnet spec for the horses and horse racing Alberta live thoroughbred racing back at Century Mile. Friday and Sunday evening, they're back to full fan access, but you can always watch and wager online at hbibet.com. Post time is 6.15, 12.46 in Edmonton. This is Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, it's uh, 1248 at Edmonton. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. Uh, Brendan, I might have a little bit of an issue here. So, well, some would say it uh, appears as though I've had an issue on a fairly regular basis. Uh, I might have drained the battery down on my computer, which is never a good thing. But uh, Sportsnet Spec is with us, 1248 in Edmonton. And, Mark, uh, we're going to get right to it here. We'll tell you the guests and orders now receive your certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night on the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. Spec, what are you hearing? What is the latest on Adam Larson? Uh, the latest that I've heard is that the Oilers have made, you know, 
he, uh, the Oilers and the Larson camp have basically agreed on the numbers on several sort of contracts. So what I'm saying to you is if it's a three-year contract, it's worth this. If it's a four-year contract, it's probably right around $3.94 million. If it's a five-year contract, maybe it's worth a little bit less. Uh, my understanding is they pounded that out. My also my understanding is that uh, Adam Larson has not signed any of those, nor has he completely agreed to them. So you know, you tell me, where are we, Bob? Are we? Well, are we do we have a player that is actively looking elsewhere to see what other teams are going to pay him? He's a guy that's going to come in at on the open market. Tanov makes four point five in Calgary. Chris Tanov. I don't know if Larson's going to get to that point. He's going to come in at. I'll bet you he comes in at four point three, four point two five. So the orders are very close in money. Uh, it's my belief that Adam Larson will sign in Edmonton. It's my belief that he has been happy to wait until this whole Keith scenario is over and the expansion draft is over, and he will play on a defensive pairing with uh, Keith. It's my opinion that Larson will sign in Edmonton. I could be wrong. And yep. Nobody knows for sure. But I think Larson will be signing here uh, within the next week. Mark, I hope you're right. Uh, you recall we had a back in the days of total sports, in a span of uh, four months, uh, the first event happened February 27th of 2007. That was the day Ryan Smith was traded. Mm-hmm. And you recall that day because the belief was that Smith's camp had committed not once, but then twice to two separate offers from the Oilers. The deal ultimately fell through, and Ryan was traded away. Uh, he was quite emotional when he was traded away to the New York Islanders. Subsequent to that, he signed a five-year deal with Colorado, who quickly packaged him off to Los Angeles, whereupon Smith's camp requested a trade back to Edmonton, where uh, in the final year of his five-year deal, and then he got himself a two-year extension to close out his career. That was on February 27th. So we had a situation there where many people believed the deal was done for Ryan. Again, it fell through. And then the infamous Michael uh, Nylander situation, July 1st of 2007, the opening day of free agency. And I put out that the Oilers had uh, got a deal done with Nylander. You called me the next day. Larry Brooks had reached out to you saying, what's your guy Stauffer talking about? He's signing in Washington. Because, of course, at that point, Nylander was with the Rangers. Uh, You and me did a show on July 2nd. Uh, I refused to say who the source was and was prepared to take the beat down on the air. And uh, the next day, the Edmonton Oilers, to the surprise of many, put an official release out saying that Mike Gillis had given them the impression that the deal was done and Edmonton had moved on in free agency under the assumption that Nylander was going to be a building block for the team. Mm-hmm. So Best when you go through two situations... What's that? Best contract Kevin Lowe never signed. Yes. Well, and I guess where I'm going with this with you, Mark, is until the deal is signed, it ain't signed. You know what I'm saying? Well, listen, being a guy in the business, like it's my job to follow these things. And when I feel like I have something that people want to read, you throw it out now on Twitter. And, and I, you know, I tweeted the other day what I thought the numbers are going to be. And it's, I said, this isn't agreed to. It's not signed. And I'll get hung on that if Larson doesn't sign here. And I can live with that. I mean, we, you know, those of us in the business get paid to make predictions and, and, and disseminate news on a daily basis. You're not always right. And you can't control it. Something can change. These contract things, they're, you know, they're tough on a guy's uh, Twitter feed because stuff changes. Guys get, you know what, negotiations move along. Like anyone out there who's bought a house, 
knows that what what you had on Monday isn't always what you have on Tuesday. So we are where we're at with Larson. We're sitting here waiting for this expansion draft to end. And again, it's my I don't I can't see any reason why the player would go elsewhere, Bob. Okay, it's a team that's going somewhere. It's a team on which he's a he's a big part of the leadership group. It's a team in which he has good friendships. My understanding is he was just in Spain traveling around with Leon Dreisaitl. It's a contract that's right. He's being offered market value by the Edmonton Oilers, are very, very close to it. He's going to get his term. Uh, you tell me why he wants to go somewhere else. Uh, I guess there might be a reason that I can't think of, Bob. Someone suggested to me keep an eye on Vancouver with Adam Larson. Uh, sure, for but, what? To go try to make the playoffs? Like He's been here through the tough times, Bob. You think If you're Adam Larson, are you going to a team that had the season that Vancouver just had? I'm not. Fair comment. Like you would think now, you know, the other thing is he's theoretically part of the Oilers. I mean, Dave Tippett would talk about an Edmonton Oilers leadership core. And uh, we all knew it was McDavid, Drysaddle, Darnell Nurse. And then the other two players that were consistently mentioned, Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Adam Larson. Mark, I will say right now, I'm surprised that Larson isn't signed. And I'm, I'm, I'm certainly surprised that Nugent Hopkins was signed before Larson because it looked based upon how we were reading between the tea leaves during the course of the year that Larson was going to be the easier of the two guys to be signed. So I will this tell you I'm a little... This is expansion draft thing. This is, this is all tied to Keith. In my opinion, I could be wrong. I think it's all tied to Keith, Bob. Have you thought about potential uh, options if, if Larson is not in Edmonton? Or do you just... Have you thought that far ahead from your perspective? Because I asked the listeners to make some suggestions out there in our Ashley Five Floors text line. I'm actually going to bring in Brendan Escott here in the second hour with spec and get to some lows because, to be frank with you, my computer is completely shut down in the studio right now. So we're going to need Brendan to read some of those texts on the Ashley Five Floors text line at 780-496-0063. Uh, in your world, should the orders be looking at potential... Uh, potential replacements here, Mark? Or do you think this is a byproduct once the Seattle expansion's done some point, sometime between July uh, 21st, the night of July 21st, and the 28th, uh, we will have a consummation of the relationship and the deal with the Oilers and Larson's camp? Well, I don't think, Bob, that... Uh, I mean, first of all, UFA Day is the 28th. That's next Wednesday. Um I don't think that I don't think that if Larson, for whatever reason, doesn't sign here, I don't see them going into the defensive market. Uh, frankly, I see them going after Tyson Berry. You know, so so to me now, I don't know what Tyson Berry's camp is thinking. I don't know what he wants to do. I don't know what kind of money he wants. I'm not sure Ken Holland wants to spend highly on that spot. I think he's kind of got that. $4 million tag on that spot right around there for Adam Larson. I don't think he wants to replace it with a $7 million guy. You know, he's got other places he needs to spend money. He's got an expensive left winger he's trying to shop for. Yeah. And, uh, you know, word out of, uh, don't, you know, he, he's got goaltending issues. And word out of Montreal is Deneau's not going back there. So if I'm Ken Holland, I'm probably making a phone call on that front. And he won't be cheap. So I don't think that if it's not Adam Larson, it's going to be a big-ticket guy. I think it'll be a smaller-ticket guy. Well, would you call Barry a big-ticket guy? Well, probably. I guess I would, wouldn't I? I mean, He's, he's probably going to cost you more than Larson. He led the NHL defense in yeah. points this year, Mark. And the listeners will be saying right now that's not the type of defenseman you need if Edmonton doesn't get Larson done. 
I have said this on your show so many times, Bob. Every winning team has a hard rock, tough to play against, yep. penalty killing defenseman that plays the last shifts when you're leading three two. Uh, Tyson Berry doesn't fit any of those molds. I'm not saying he's not a good player. I'm not saying you can't use him, but if they lose Adam Larson, they need an Adam Larson. Yeah, right. They need an Adam Larson here. And I think that personally, I'm going to say it again, they're going to get Adam Larson. He's going to play for the Oilers for the next four years, in my opinion. But if for some reason they lose him, replacing him with Tyson Berry doesn't scratch that itch at all. Yeah. Mark Spector joins us every Tuesday on Oilers Now. You can text us 780-496-0063, Ashley Five Floors text line. Hey, golfers, if you're looking for a great VIP golf trip, you can join New West Travel on a four-day golf getaway in the spectacular mountains of Whistler, B.C. This package includes airfare in a private WestJet charter with complimentary open bar and meals, three nights in a deluxe suite hotel, four rounds of five-star golfing in the coastal mountains, a New West Travel golf tournament with prizes. All transfers can book down get a free upgrade to a one-bedroom suite. To book your tee time, call New West Travel or go online at New West travel.com we will head off to a global uh, not, we'll just do one quick little bit of business here with uh brennan escott as we go uh to the orders now injury report during the season the orders now injury report is brought to you by james h brown injury lawyers the heavy hitters of injury law when accidents happen go to jameshbrown.com brendan uh tarasenko quick report Quick report. I've got nothing on Tarasenko. Ryan Ellis uh, apparently did not have shoulder surgery. He broke his knuckle on his left hand. Uh, that was revealed in the Flyers physical. Interesting that none of the team or the player or anybody bothered to clarify that at the time he was in Nashville. But, uh, yeah, he should be good moving forward. He says he's 100%. There we have it. We'll head off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Mark Spector, Sportsnet Spec, returns with us at 105 on Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.